we have to continue to grow because our information that we get in an educational setting is only on the average lasts about five years, four or five years. Then after that, it's outdated. So imagine you go to school for all those years, right? And it's great for that window of opportunity. But what if you don't keep learning? And then you're just stuck learning from old, quote unquote, old methods. And it's already outdated because things fast, move so fast. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Program Life Podcast, where we want our listeners, guests, and myself to learn something new. Every week, I bring in a guest who has a passion for topics related to productivity or mental health. And our guest on this episode today is Lou and Sherry, who are known for their highly effective coaching and teaching on the importance of personal growth and how it impacts our influence as a leader. They have more than four decades of combined experience in training, coaching, and leadership, and also receiving training and mentoring from well-known and successful coaches and teachers from the likes of Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, and others. This is another special episode because it's my first time having two guests on at once, which was a fun experience. So real quick, before this episode starts, if you're new here, I upload every week on Saturday morning EST, as well as put out extra content on my blog, as such as my email newsletter and key takeaways on each episode. So if you want those goodies, just head over to my website, which is programlife.org. Also, it would be great if you guys could head over and click that subscribe or follow button on whichever platform you're using to listen to this. And it only takes a second and you'll get notified by all the great content that I provide you guys. And also, just leave a rating and review telling me what you liked uh, most about this episode and really help support the show and it only takes a few seconds. You can also follow me on Instagram, Yogesh Prabhu 2 and also follow the Program Life Instagram page, program underscore life underscore and also my Twitter, Yogesh Prabhu 3 So that's enough plug-in for me to so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, so Lou and Sherry, I'm really excited to have you on the show as you guys are known for your highly effective coaching, teaching, and speaking on the importance of personal growth and how it impacts our influence as a leader. With more than four decades of combined experience in training, coaching, and leadership, and also receiving training and mentoring from well-known and successful coaches and teachers from the likes of Tony Robbins and John Maxwell and others as well, um, So before we get started on these questions, I would like to thank you guys for coming on today and thank you for your time as well, Lou and Sherry. You're very welcome. Thank you for having us. Uh, We're real excited. Appreciate that. Super excited. Thanks so much. No problem. All right. So let's get on with the first question. So could you like tell us briefly how you got to where you are now and what are some key lessons that you learned on your journey? Well, sure. I mean, I could start off with that. I mean, what really started it um, for for me as well as our, our business and is really back in uh, 2018, August of 2018, I was actually admitted into the ICU burns, burn unit with a rare disease for 10 days. And at that mm-hmm. time, we didn't know if I was going to live or die. Now, prior to this experience, I was actually working in a job that was very high sales and very stressful work environment. Now, leadership at that time was more focused on the bottom line than they were valuing their employees anymore. Right? How common mm. is that? Now, yeah. it was that experience that really allowed us to really help others and businesses to really understand what being a true leader is all about. You know, that's mm. why our, our mission and our passion that we're so passionately is really transforming today's leaders. So that really has mm. spearheaded it. I mean, he and I, you know, Lou and I, we have a, you know, we've been leaders and in, in influencing um, others for many, many years and other roles, even when we were young. So we both have each, you know, different stories we can get into, but that really pivoted as far as what, what we're doing now uh, and, and helping others that that's such a, it was a pivotal springboard, I guess you can mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep in mind, we've, we're, we've, we started our first business in 2005. Um, oh. And so we we um, been in business together. Had what we call side hustles, right? You have the side mm-hmm. hustles yeah. where you're trying to build build your legacy while you're working for other people and getting some experience. And mm. um, but that 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 particular experience um, just kind of 
but you know, made us realize that this, we were doing what we wanted to do. We were doing what was needed uh, with within the leadership space to to provide the, a little bit more of a guidance for new leaders and, and existing leaders on really the true value of influencing those that you lead. Mm, yeah, that's that's really interesting. I guess going on to as as um, as Sherry mentioned about today's leaders. Who is your favorite leader and why? <laughs> <laughs> That's a big question. Yeah, we have uh, a blend, don't we? <laughs> we do have a blend of, of those that, that we've led. If I was to uh, have to be forced to, to pick one, I would actually pick a leader that um, isn't really famous, really, as, as somebody in my experiences throughout my career, that mm. um, he took what I believe now looking back uh, really had the qualities of a successful leader um, where he, he was able to focus on those that he led, empowered those that he led and the things that he did, right. The ways that he spoke and the, his techniques and his uh, approach made you feel um, valued and understood. Mm. Um, and also made you feel as if you had a vested that you were in a big investment into the business. And so it made, it just made, made me feel like I wanted to work for him. I wanted to, to, to serve my role the best of my capacity. And it was because of his leadership. Mm. So I would, I would, I would go with, I would go that route. And that was quite some, quite a few years ago, but mm. I would, I would pick him. Oh, that's it, was cool. it was one of my managers, one of my oh. bosses. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Interesting. And for, yeah, and for me, for for my favorite, uh, you know, leader, uh, I I actually go back to Mother Teresa. Um, mm. I mean, now we look at her as this you know huge icon and what she's done. Um, but you know, the more I learn about her, and you know, I I when I, I was young and she was alive, and I didn't really put two and two together mm. of how significant she really was until I got older, and then realized, going, oh my gosh, you know. Um, she was such a great woman and she used her influence for the greater good. And mm. it just, it really came from a true spirit and a true heart that people again, wanted to work with her, not because they had to, because they wanted to, and they wanted to, to be around her and just simply being her. And I think that's such a simplistic way, but I think that's such a powerful at the same time. Yeah, I definitely do agree. It's like just being yourself and trying to lead other people that way and not like actually like putting a fake face or anything, just like, uh, you know, being yourself. And I guess speaking about leadership qualities and great leaders, what do you define leadership as as a whole? One word, uh, and it's influence. Mm-hmm. Leadership is influence. That's what it comes down to, right? I mean, you can, you, you if you look at history, and you look at the historically known leaders, whether they were good or bad leaders, right? Let's take two as an example. You, let's go with uh, Martin Luther King Jr., highly mm. influential leader. And it was because of his influence that brought about a movement that has, that has significantly changed the course of history mm-hmm. in a positive way. Now he yeah. was absolutely an influential leader, and that, now of course there wasn't really necessarily a leadership title. He just that's just what he did because mm-hmm. of how he what what he felt and what he was driven to do and his influence. Now let's take a secondary leader in history, Adolf Hitler. Mm-hmm. Adolf Hitler was also a leader. Now his influence was used in a very different way, right? Mm-hmm. And that influence brought about the demise of of uh, of the Nazi regime as well as so many other people in, in the negative in a negative fashion losing their lives and, and his approach mm-hmm. so it, and and, I, and I'm and I'm not trying not to sugarcoat it because it was just a, a catastrophic time in our history but you'll see that there's two leaders right there using yeah. influence but their influence was used in different ways so mm-hmm. if I was to narrow this down it would be influence is leadership it's nothing more it's nothing less Oh, okay. And is, would you say, like, um, are are they, are you saying that they're both the same thing? Are they, or does leadership lead to influence or? Are you Your saying? influence is what creates leadership. Mm, How you okay. influence people 
is how they're going to look on you, right? Uh, if yeah. if, uh, and if you look at it, and any any leader that you may, if you may consider a leader, even those, mm-hmm. especially those that do not have a title, because see, influence doesn't need a title, yeah, at all. Uh, even in your in your own place of business, if you're if you're working for another company, and you and your peers are working together. You can influence your peers in a way that they look up to you as a leader, even though you're not in a leadership mm-hmm. position and you're at the same level, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so when it comes down to it, uh, it's 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 how you influence other people, how you connect mm-hmm. with them that really brings about leadership. Yeah, yeah, that, I definitely agree on that. And I guess when it comes to leadership experience and uh, influencing others, what was a difficult decision? that you had to make as a leader and how did you overcome that decision? Mm. The most difficult decision. <laughs> that's, a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tough question for someone who's been in the space for a while. <laughs> I, I can start. Okay. I mean, the, the one that, that pops into mind is the most recent one for me was to make a decision to protect my team under the toxic work environment I was in to protect them to a degree, you know what I mean? Cause we all know that leadership, mm. um, you know, rolls from top down, right? Unfortunately, that's the yeah. positional style and whatever's at the top and the pressure just mounds. Right. And yeah. I, I, you know, we, we see that quite a bit. I, I've been in the, uh, you know, working as a state employee, it was the same way. So it doesn't matter if it's corporate nonprofit still kind of rolls that way. And what happens is that when it comes down and as a leader, it is our responsibility to, okay, that's our, that's our pressure, right? That's what we need to do. We all have to, you know, we have metrics, we have this and that. However, how do we communicate that in a way to people that you influence that look up to you by not giving that same treatment because that's not Mm. their pressure, that that's a different type of pressure, but not your pressure. That's a different kind of thing. And a lot of people, are, it's just kind of the, the lines are blurred. We just, we just mimic what our, what our models are. So if you have a poor boss, manager, leader, however you want to label it, mm-hmm. you're just going to emulate that because people are not either aware or they're being lazy. Call that lazy leadership. I know that's pretty bold, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you know that, Hey, this is making me upset. So why am I turning around and giving that type of behavior to my team? Right. Why, mm. if I'm feeling small, let me let's make my team feel small to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. And that's a vicious cycle. Yeah, influence trickles down. Mm-hmm. And and if that's mm-hmm. uh, that, that's a good point, you know, your your manager, your boss uh, is one that will basically uh, go and they're they're told by their their direct report, their leader, hey, listen, you're not hitting your metrics and they're making them feel small and they're pushing the pressure on them almost like a, a, in a toxic way. Like, you know, listen, the, yeah. the reality of it is in our in, in our everyday life and in our roles, whatever it is that we do, there's expectations. And that's something that we need to make sure we fulfill as an employee. Right? That's what makes us solid leaders, even without a title, is doing what it is that we were called to do. However, there is a difference between being able to lead people from the front line and uh, our, our, if we have a manager or boss that has a toxic way of approach, are we mocking or mimicking that? Are we mimicking that approach or are we realizing as a leader, listen, all right, I understand what they're saying. My responsibility as, as, as this manager of this department is to make sure we hit the certain metrics. Yeah, my team is not really producing. So what can I do to help them produce as opposed to going to them and making them feel small as well? So there's a way to get your team to produce, get your team to be productive uh, to accomplish the bottom line without having adding that extra layer of pressure that you as a manager have, because that is your calling big difference there. Mm. Right. Um, and so yeah. there's, there's definitely a difference there. Mm. Now for me, my, um, I would say one of the, one of the dip, most difficult decisions I've had to make in my life is having to step down from a leadership role because mm. of the fact that, 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 that the, um, that based upon the, uh, leadership that I was supporting, they were, we didn't, we weren't really a fit, right? Or having me to sit there and say, you know, their approach and my approach just is not a mm. fit. Uh, and having to realize I need to step out down or step away from this role 
because I'm not going to add the value that they're expecting because of the mm-hmm. fact that uh, their approach was was a little bit more was more direct and more toxic than the approach that I wanted to use. So I realized, okay, this is not the right approach. It's not a fit for their approach uh, and having to make a decision to have to step down from, uh, from a leadership role. And I think that's important. Um, it was difficult, but it's also needed in anything that we do. Sometimes we have to look at it and say, you know what? Uh, I might be the denominator here that needs to step back uh, because it just doesn't seem to be a fit for my model. Right. And it's okay mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, I guess a question for Lou, how do you know when you're not when you're not fit? Like, how do you realize that, oh, this is not working and Mm -hmm. it's actually toxic for both of us, like for me and my team? How do you know that? Sure. Um, What's one? It's a it's funny because it really it's almost a feeling, right? Um, Mm. As a manager, as a leader, you get up every day and you're getting ready to head to the office or get ready to work. And the night before you're stomach is in knots, you're stressed, you're not sleeping. The normal, the normal side effects of, of not being content and happy where you are, that feeling is, is kind of a hint to look in to see what it is that's causing that to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And by looking at that in, in identifying, all right, this is my, the lead, my leadership, the, my manager, the one that I have to report to, or the team I have to report to above me, uh, is, is, is my approach to my team the same as their approach, right? Is what mm. their, is what the message of the company is, their mission, their purpose, their core values that we preach out to the bottom line or preach out to the front line. Are, are those values really being implemented and practiced at leadership, at the leadership mm-hmm. level? For me, my decision to step away is because I, I noticed and realized that that was not happening at the leadership level. We were expecting mm-hmm. the frontline to behave a certain way, but the leadership at the top uh, did not follow the same protocol. And I realized, you know, I, I really, for me, I had to make a decision personally um, that I knew that I wasn't really going to get anywhere. It's so interesting how you can try to make change at the top. Many people say, I'll wait till I get to the top to make change. Unfortunately, if it's a company that that has that um, toxicity or has that type of negative influence the uh, overall or the culture overall, right, yeah. is, is one yeah, of exactly. – it's not really going to change just because you're at the top, okay? Uh, it changes from the front line. It begins mm-hmm. right there uh, and, and setting that example. But unfortunately, even then – um, not, not every time can there be changes. So once you realize that, Hey, listen, I've done everything I can to try to make change and that change is not happening. Matter of fact, there's a pushback against it. Then you might know that, okay, what my approaches and their approaches may not be a fit. Um, because mm-hmm. the, real, the reality of it is right. Is that, it, that eventually they're going to remove you anyway, yeah. <laughs> if you're not a fit. Right. And, and if, 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 you're not, <laughs> yeah. if you're not following the, 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 the popular side of things. So, mm. um, while it's a difficult decision to make, it'll save you a lot in the long run and it's good experience. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I guess I also, I think it was Sherry that mentioned about the pressure of being like at the top and, you know, being a leader in general. Um, how do we like, I guess, not let our toxicity, I guess, almost trickle down into our team. And like, how do we like, obviously, when it comes to leadership, there's always ups and downs in life. And how do we manage to like, keep ourselves motivated? And I guess, almost, you know, keep ourselves motivated and for our team as well? You know, how do we Mm -hmm. do that? Yeah, so yeah, that's a that's a good question. You know, how do you keep motivated when you're getting pressure from the top? Is that what I'm hearing? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I honestly, it, you know, it really starts with us. And that is what, what starts with um, our four and a half decades of experience in running, you, having the proprietary system that we have. That's mm-hmm. why we came up with what we came up with. Because it all, the first, first rule of thumb is it all starts with me, meaning yourself. It all starts mm-hmm. with us. Now, mm-hmm. it's, you know, if we're, it all comes with awareness as well. If we know that we're feeling a certain way and it's in the negative, why are you going to feel that? And that's an awareness, first off. Second, yeah. 
now it's your choice to say, well, am I going to make my team feel this way? Or am I going to actually rise above that and come up with a different approach? Mm-hmm. Right. And that, mm-hmm. that, that's where the work comes in. That's where the deep dive and the, and really getting work really. And that's, that's where I say lazy leadership, because if we know it, that, well, that's just what I'm mimicking because that's what's being done to me. That isn't, that's not good in, in, in my opinion. It's not, it's lazy and mm-hmm. you're just kind of rolling it down and it's just a vicious, vicious cycle. Now to stop that, we have the awareness. Now it's actually to do a deep dive on yourself. Okay. What's my approach? How can I keep them motivated? One way to do that is actually get to know your, the people that you're influencing, get to learn about them, what motivates them, have a one-on-one conversation and, and, you know, take them out, out of the work environment. And if possible, to have a lunch with them and mm. or have them as a team and go together for a, te- a team um, lunch of some sort and not talk about work. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about their families. Talk about something that motive that excites them. If they like cooking or they, they like painting or something, something to bring that out. Cause at the end of the day, we're all human, right? Mm. So we have yeah. to remember that we're not machines and that mentality mm-hmm. has got to go. And unfortunately, it's still there, but that's why we're in this space, you know, or one of the yeah. thousands in this space to keep saying that message. We are human. And, you know, in, in a way, this pandemic has been, uh, you know, there's a silver lining. Lots of people are leaving their work and their jobs because they don't like to be the way that they've been treated. And now that the priorities have shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're seeing a different focus right mm-hmm. now, and 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 it's uh, it, when it, it it's, comes down to understanding the humanness and leadership. Without people, you mm-hmm. can't lead. There's nobody to lead, right? Without yeah. other, without people, there's no one to lead. And uh, your influence on those people can impact them for gen for, for really for generations. I mean, it sounds it sounds big, but it, it's the truth. Now, the reality of it is, though, is that we, as leaders, we have to have those difficult conversations occasionally. Mm-hmm. You have to, right? Just as a leader, yeah. you're responsible to have those difficult conversations with those of your team that aren't performing or whatever the challenges might be. But see, that approach, how you have already influenced them and connected with them prior to those conversations is what's going to make those conversations a lot simpler. Mm. A perfect example. Uh, every time I've ever in my past, I learned this the hard way because I didn't do it. And then I had a mentor that said, hey, you should do it this way. Anytime that I was put in a position of leadership and I had a team, I would meet with my team one on one individually, be almost as I'm just as I'm starting the role so I can get to know who they are, find out what motivates them what kind of management style that they like, find out about them and their family, build a connection with them. Because then when those difficult conversations need to arise, they're going to respect mm. it. Yeah. And there's not going to be any need for us to put the thumb down and, and, and be, and ha- approach it in a toxic way. Mm-hmm. Right. It, because they're going to want to perform for you because you've influenced them in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like when it comes to being a leader, being productive itself is hard enough, but like also being influential and making other people more productive as well is uh, is even more difficult so i guess um when it comes to productivity motivation is just one of the things so i guess as a leader how do you make sure projects and tasks like stay on schedule and you know everyone's like on on their toes almost (laughs) communication is number one Mm. right i mean you've got to communicate with your team and make it clear communication and any project that you're relying upon your team for, everyone on the team should be involved in the, in the, in the process mm-hmm. because then they have skin in the game. Then they have the, then they have a purpose. Yeah. When you have a purpose and a project, then you, you respect the timelines. Mm-hmm. That's just a simple form right there. So the first thing you want to do is get your, get your people on board. You've got to get their buy-in. Sometimes we see this all the time. There's a project that rolls downhill. All right, everybody, I need to get this done by this day. And that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. not, that's not it. If you really want to be effective and have high level of productivity, it starts with that influence, that connection. Then they respect you. Then a project, bring them in, ask their opinion, ask their ideas, because you do not know it all. 
Mm-hmm. As a leader, you you do not know it all. Your way is just one way. It's not the way. Yeah. Be open to other people. You need other people's ideas and suggestions. That's why you have them there as a team. So once mm. that is ironed out, then what do you do? Just like any other project, you create timelines. You you create sessions where you meet. You talk about those projects, how the timeline's coming along, the expectations, expectations. how people are doing. Yeah. The expectations are the big one. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just a matter of following that process of, of general project management after that. But the first thing that project management does not talk to you about is how do you connect with your team? You can go to any project management course you want. There's not one that I'm aware of that says, make sure you connect with your team, right? Uh, it's about how yeah. to run a project independently. Well, you can't run a project independently when you have a team of people relying upon to make it happen. Right. Mm. right? It's like building right. a business and then there's so many courses and, you know, uh, schools out there that are like, here, here to start your business, right? Mm-hmm. And they give you all the nuts and bolts of a business, all the concrete stuff, but not very few that I am aware of that will give you how to connect with individuals. Uh, How, you know, the, as they say, soft skills, which they really are power skills that you need. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately they're not teaching it. Right. You don't get that. You don't get that. There's Mm -hmm. not a class that's about that. They skirt around it. And I've talked to many individuals Mm -hmm. in a, you know, educational setting. And unfortunately for whatever reason, because it's been like that, you know, mm-hmm. the cliche of like, well, it's always been like this, that they do, they skirt around these particular powerful skills that are the number one. And I just read an article recently that uh, 92% of HR professionals and recruiters are looking for people that have strong, soft skills. Yep. Well, how are we supposed to Where do that? Where are we yeah, learning that yeah. from other than a work environment or maybe if you have good mentors, coaches, but not that's a small percentage. You get Very smaller small. and smaller. Yeah, you go to yeah, college, right? You go to college amazing. and you go to college for business <laughs> or if you want to start your own business or you want to be or your MBA as an example to work for another company. Throughout throughout the course, I periodically you might find one. Oh, here's a communications class I can take, you know, which is fine, <laughs> or right? Public speaking or public you know, speaking, maybe, yeah. which is good, mm-hmm. right? All those are good skills. But as you begin, if you start your own business or you're going in and working for a company as a leader, you have to have that entrepreneur mentality to really understand leadership from that level in a business. If you want to be an executive mm-hmm. director or an executive level of any type of leadership level. You need to look at the company as an as an entrepreneur. As an, it, it is you have to look at it as almost like your own business mm-hmm. in order to really be successful. So, and for that to happen, where are you learning these soft skills, or we call power skills? Where are you learning how to communicate with difficult people? Where are you mm-hmm. learning how to connect, not just communicate? How where are you learning mm-hmm. how to influence other people in a way that that causes them to want to drive their productivity up for you, not because they have to, but because they want to? Uh, where do mm-hmm. you learn? How to uh, how to send an email to somebody to to get them on board and your buy in for the idea that you have to move forward with a project. How do you do all of these things? How do you focus on uh, grow yourself so that you can impact it and grow other people? Because as a leader, if you don't grow yourself, you can't grow somebody else. How do you do all of those things? Well, you're not going to learn that, unfortunately, in college. You're not going to learn that in any business course you take. That is something yeah. that you're going to have to be told or mentored. And we're telling you about it now. So hopefully this helps that you're going to find out. Okay. Now I know that this is a piece that's missing because anyone out there right now, that's a business owner, I will promise you that you have at some point, okay, I've got went and I did this, um, you know, my, my, uh, my, my city or my town did this great free, uh, you know, entrepreneurship course that I can start my own business. And I got all the nuts and bolts. And I even had somebody that was there for me for about six weeks as a mentor uh, and then after mm-hmm. that's all over, you start, you're, you're kind of running, doing really good. You're excited. And then all of a sudden yeah, something well. comes up as an example. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I have so much work now. I need to bring, I need to hire somebody. I don't know how to hire somebody. I've never taught. I don't know how to do that. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to interview people. What do I look for? All of a sudden you're stuck. Well, that's yeah. where the power skills come in. And that's where we come in. That's where the answer mm-hmm. is. That's where the, there's a big gap there. Uh, and we help fill that gap. Yeah, that's 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 a really good way to put it. I guess when it comes to soft skills or in your in your words power skills, um do you think cuz I was just thinking right now that like what people say is that relationships in life are really important and I think relationships in general do help us develop these soft skills. What do you do you think so too? Sure, it really depends on how you develop those relationships, right? Mm. Yeah. And what type of relationship that is. And if they're a right fit. 
and also yeah. is mm-hmm. the average of the five people that you're with. Yeah, right? like who are those people in relationships with? That's yes. a good point because yeah. Jim Rohn, a quote mm-hmm. from Jim Rohn that Sherry just said was, you are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. Mm-hmm. So who are those people you're in relationships with? They should always be people that are a, be a little bit beyond where you are so that you can gain that impact and influence um, and that mentorship and, and that experience from them. If you are the five people you hang around with are at the same exact level you are, you're not going to learn too much, right? Yeah. You're at the same. You're kind of at that same level professionally or personally. You want you want someone. You want a relationship that's going to benefit you and benefit them. Then it's a two way win win situation. Make sure that it's a fit. Make sure that it's something yeah. you can gain information from, and vice versa, you can give information to. Uh, because that's what relationships are. It's a two-way street. It's a win-win, mm. not just a you know a win-lose or a lose-win, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess when it comes to handling teams, how do you how do we handle disagreements and arguments amongst the team? How do you how do you do that? Just fire them all. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's, that's terrible. I, I would never. That's wrong. Completely <laughs> wrong. Right off. Although you will see that, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in a lot of companies, right? You'll see managers that, oh, you disagreed and I don't like yeah. your attitude. Yeah. Now, which which in some some instances there might be a need for that. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and tell you that I have not had to I have not had to uh, put somebody on a performance plan due to due due to their approach. Uh, but it's obviously not the first it's not the first time that they would have had that approach. But the point being is that's not, that's not the first level you want to jump in. And disagreements and arguments, again, when it comes down to disagreements or arguments on a team, it's because of miscommunication. Always, always, always. There's never any other reason that that happens. It's always because of communication challenges. Always. Mm. So yeah. in that case, it's very simple. How, do you, how as a leader can you demonstrate positive communication on your team that may have disagreements and arguments? Very easily. Mm. You communicate effectively to your team. <laughs> and you show them how to do it, right? That's as as, as a yeah. leader, you're not just a leader. You're a mentor. You're a coach. You're a trainer. That's what your role is. That you assume that responsibility. Take it seriously. So you bring those people together that have that disagreement argument. And say, hey, let's talk about this a little bit. How come? What's the disagreement? Let's let's be the go between. Set the example of how to communicate effectively with one another and how to resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. Now here's the here's the challenge. What if you don't know how to resolve conflict, but you're a leader? Well, it's mm-hmm. time to learn. You, you better go out there and figure it out at this level. And again, it's there's no course that really talks there, about it. You can much. do conflict I mean, resolution yeah, courses conflict and such, but true. most of the time they're very basic, right? Yeah. You haven't really done yeah. it. But do something if you haven't. Yeah. So make sure that you're comfortable with that. If you're not comfortable with mm-hmm. conflict resolution, find a mentor that is and learn how to in a way that's mm-hmm. going to be productive. Yeah. For Use sure. your resources. Think, yeah. And when it comes to communication, I think not only does the leader have to communicate well, but the team has to also be almost like open-minded to more more situations, if you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. when it comes to life in general, I think, um, and leadership as well, knowing the whole story, we all don't know the whole story about a lot of situations in life. and mm-hmm. And I think that most mis- misunderstandings and miscommunications come from that as well. Sure. So, and I guess moving on to the next question, do you think like when it comes to, when it comes to being a team, do you think, because some people say that everyone in the team is a leader or like there's one leader. And some, some people say everyone in the team is a leader. Do you think anyone can be a leader? And what are the most important attributes of six, uh, of successful lead? Oh, what are the most important attributes um, do you think um, are shown by the successful leaders today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so to your question on, uh, can anybody be a leader? Well, uh, not everybody wants to be right. Mm. That's, that's the point there. And that's okay. It, it's, it's really okay because it is a responsibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't really, not everybody has to be a leader. Yeah. Now, can anybody be a leader? Sure. As leadership is learned, it's not born. Anything you've ever read or any seen that they're a natural born leader, it's a complete farce and a lie because that's not the case. Now, we yeah. have characteristics, you know, growing up and we have some characteristics. And looking back, Sherry and I look back like, oh, yeah, we had some characteristics of leadership, whether they were good characteristics or not. It's another story. But 
we had those characteristics, but that doesn't mean that we could just go out and lead when I'm just because I had a characteristic of a leader at five years old, because I, I, I went and sold my skateboard to a kid down the road and no, I'm a leader now. No, it's not our people following me at five years old. Doesn't mean that at five years old, I can go in and run a company as a leader mm-hmm. or just because you're, you're, you have a characteristic doesn't mean that you're naturally a leader. You have to learn leadership. It's learned. Uh, it's learned through, well, I'll talk about the characteristics in a minute, but, um, but it's a learn. So yes, anybody can become a leader if they've learned it and they're tra- mm-hmm. and, and they're getting the experience. They're getting mentors. They have coaches, right? Coaches are a big part of being a successful leader. Uh, learning from mistakes. Failure is a big part of being a leader. So mm-hmm. being okay yeah. with all of that and okay. accepting and assuming the responsibility to lead other people. Sure. We can learn to become a, a good leader as long as you have the good resources to f- to, to learn that piece of it. And it takes years. It's not something you just go to school for and all of a sudden you're a successful leader. Uh, book knowledge is very different than experience when it comes down to being a leader. All right. What do you think about mm-hmm. that question? Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, it's spot on. Uh, it is. It's something that we have to continually to grow. And that's where, you know, being in that constant curiosity and in, in the growth mode. See, when we go to college or school, you know, it's always get, getting to the end, right? And, and I know your yeah. audience, there's a lot of, uh, you know, folks that are in education and they're getting their degrees and they're getting whatever their trade may be. And that's great. But see, I, I fell into the trap of like, wow, I can't wait until I graduate so I can get this magic job or magic jobs <laughs> and to <do laughs> yeah. my career. And that's great. That's only the tip of the iceberg. We have to continue to grow because our information that we get in an educational setting is only on the average lasts about five years, four or five years. Then after that, mm. it's outdated. So imagine you go to school for all those years, right? And it's great for that window of opportunity. But what if you don't keep learning? Mm-hmm. And then you're just stuck learning from old, quote unquote, old methods. And it's already outdated because things fast move so fast, mm-hmm. so, so, so yeah. fast, yep. right? And even five years seems too long. I mean, information yeah. comes out depending on, you know, your degree, of course. And even influences in the, in the environment and community, because I mean, look at, look yeah. at in the last year and a half with COVID. Yes. I mean, all that influ- inf- impacted companies big time and in the leadership landscape has changed and had to be, is, has, is, is going through an adjustment right now because of the experiences that the employees have felt during this time. And now those experiences have created a different, uh, uh, different experience for the employee. And so just one little thing can make that change. So if you're not growing yourself continually after you've, after you've learned or after you've gotten the role, you're not continuously growing yourself, then it's going to be very challenging and very difficult to maintain uh, becoming a, being a successful leader over time. Mm. Now, those yeah. characteristics you mentioned, so important attributes, um, one of them right off the bat, in my opinion, is transparency. A leader mm. who is transparent is uh, you don't look at them as a boss. You look at them as a par- as a partner in this relationship of business. Mm. They're transparent. Um, and that's one of the things that I've been very proud of in my career is learning how to be transparent. Now, there's certain things you can and cannot say to your employees when it comes down to information you may have gleaned from the top, like you said, that there's a lot of things that may be going on behind the scenes that the front line doesn't really have to know, nor do they know. Yeah. Uh, that be those that you're managing. Because they don't really have to. It's not really that important. What's important is that they understand the bottom line, the reason, the purpose, and the mission behind this project or behind what it is that your department does. And if you emulate that, that experience that they're experiencing, they'll be being that transparency they'll be more apt to come to you and talk to you and tell you certain things before there's fires. I had a, mm. a, a boss of mine, a, a leader in leadership who was, I was the executive director. He was the COO. And one of the first things he said to me was just be, just be ready uh, because every day all your, what your job's going to be doing is to put out fires. And I, and I, and I looked at him and I says, well, Okay, well, why do I? Why is that the case? I mean, wouldn't it make more sense for to try to figure out a way to see those fires before they happen? I mean, you're going to have fires that come up, right? You're going to have things that happen. Yeah, but you yeah. can reduce those significantly just by characteristics of being a successful leader by identifying mm. some of these things before they happen. 
And one of those things is transparency, being transparent, being open, meeting your people where they are and being okay with failure. It's okay for Mm. you to fail as a leader. That's how you learn. There's no, there's no way you're going to learn to be successful without failing. Just learn from those failures, fail forward and try to glean some insight on how you can become better next time. So that's, Mm. those are just some of the attributes that I feel uh, are important for successful leaders. Yeah, that's great. And I guess going back to what Sherry said uh, before, I honestly agree with her with on on her point that like you know, um, when it comes to like, you know, finishing college and graduating or anything, it's not really the end. And there's always like always something to learn and always something to look forward to. Because mm-hmm. um, honestly, in my experience, when I I've only just graduated high school, and all of us like our whole class almost like kind of felt empty because mm-hmm. we felt like it's the end, you know, it's like there's right. nothing else to do like during the, during our break between, you know, high school and university. Um, right. So, yeah, I guess what I realized is that there's always something to learn and there's always something to do and there's always more to learn, even though it doesn't feel like it. Right. And it's um, very true. Yeah. And sometimes we have to and, reach out to our resources, right? And reach out to those yeah. around us to yeah. say, Hey, you know, I really do kind of need this, um, this education or this experience or this knowledge or whatever it is. Um, and don't be afraid to, to use the resources around you to find out, uh, what additional resources are there, uh, and people mm-hmm. that are around that could, that are willing to, to share with you and help you through that experience. Yeah. And I guess like, um, it's almost like a growth mindset, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. we don't really know, um, everything in the world yet. And there's always loads to learn, mm-hmm. um, than we already know. And I guess moving on to kind of the next polar opposite question is what qualities are lacking amongst, uh, today's leaders, do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I guess we can, we can start. Wow. There's a lot, right? There really is a lot. Um, <laughs> But I think the number one um, quality that's lacking among leaders is sticking with that growth mentality that you were talking about, that, that growth mindset is, is, is that, that there, the idea and the thought of I've reached the top, right? I've reached the top. Mm, I yeah. can't go any further. And then, then we, then they, then leaders stop, stop learning, stop growing, feeling that they've reached where they need to be and that everything that they're doing works great until something happens and there's a huge shift uh, and, and then they have to figure out how to adjust or pivot um, or address it. And then all of a sudden now it's a big fire. So mm. one of the, one of those biggest uh, uh, qualities that are lacking is that growth piece of it, growing yourself as a person and as a leader, there's no way you cannot grow other people. If you're not growing yourself, you just, it, it yeah. cannot happen. You can make believe all you want, but it's not going to happen unless you're growing yourself in some fashion as a leader. So that's not, that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. qualities that are lacking in leaders today. Mm-hmm. What about you? What is another quality? Yeah. I mean, I, I think what's another thing is lacking too, is that we're not giving um, the space and the opportunities to empower our teams, empower our people, allowing the space for them to fail. Right. It, it's mm. just it, we live in such an instant world, instant this. I mean, come on, we got instant rice, instant potatoes. I mean, mm. e- everything's instant. And that but leadership is not right. And leadership is not. We can't expect time. our, our um, the, the people that you have working with you, for you, around you expect to go to a one day conference and then be the and the perfect people as they get out of it. So it you just, would say, so expectations might expect, even be another quality that they need yeah, to work on, right? Yeah, expectations. Yeah, expectations. But I was thinking the yeah. space to have them fail. Yeah, sure. To learn is a key component, component. to growth, right? Yeah, to, to go yeah. to the code. And, and I understand that not every industry can allow that space. But hey, if you fired them on and you promoted somebody yeah. based on their performance, which by the way, the just time. because somebody performs doesn't mean they're going to be a successful leader. So uh, if you're if, if you're promoting individuals based on their performance only and think that that's going to be a good leader, then there's a quality right there that needs to be adjusted. Your mm. what you're expecting out of a leader might need to be relooked at because that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a good leader. 
Um, and how are you developing those that may have leadership qualities? You find mm-hmm. someone that has leadership attributes. What is your leadership development program in your company? Mm-hmm. Most leaders fail at that quality as well as looking beyond their current situation and get out of the tunnel vision of where you are currently and look at the bigger scope of things. If you want to have, and most businesses need to have a succession plan. A lot of companies do, Mm -hmm. a lot of companies don't. But even if you do have a succession plan, in other words, succession plan, meaning, hey, if all of a sudden the CEO, COO, the president, and the executive, you know, uh, the VP of sales, if all of a sudden they're on a senior level leadership retreat and all of them, Unfortunately, something happens to them and they're gone. Who's going to run the show? Mm. What are you doing to develop those leaders so that they can run the show when you're not there, even if you've retired or uh, because the time is going to come as a leader that you don't that you're done. Right. The human life only has a certain level of expectancy and we don't want to work our whole life. That's just an average of of who we are. So when that time Mm. comes for us to step back and retire, who's going to carry on the legacy? Well, you've got to approach it that way when your leadership development programs in your company. Now, I, I let people, I'm sure there's people out there like, Lou, what? I don't have a leadership development program in my company. Well, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a problem. And that is that is what we preach all the time is that is well, that's I have necessary. a training department. Does that help? I have a training department. Well, what is what do they do? Right. Uh, uh, we have a computer based CBT video, a couple of videos yeah. that we can send people to do. Nope, that's not that is not what we're talking about here. We're talking about leadership mm. development. You mm. can you can read a book, you can watch a video, you can go to a, a, a three day conference on leadership. That does not mean that you're ready to be a leader. What that means is you have some information that's been provided for you. Now, who's going to coach you? Who's going to mentor you? Who's going to provide you feedback? Who's going to give you extra extra layers or levels of responsibility to see how you do to give you feedback on and coach you through becoming a successful leader? That is a leadership development program. We'll be happy I guess that's right. And that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And I guess like if you if any of the listeners want to check it out, I'll put your website in the description below as well. And I guess I I do agree. And like when when it comes to like this era and this, you know, this kind of generation, I feel like the most, the hardest thing to like, I guess, overcome is that things change and move fast in this era. Mm-hmm. And that's like, because we all get instant grat- gratification, instant satisfaction. And if we don't like something, we just change it immediately and we can, you know, change it real quick and mm-hmm. just move on to the next thing really quick. And I think that's mm-hmm. the hardest part about uh-huh. being in this generation. And I guess, do you have any advice on that? Like any um, tips or advice on basically, you know, on things moving fast and overcoming that situation? Yeah, sure. And and it's a great question because, yeah, things do move fast, right? Um, And depending on, depending on the generation that you're in, uh, it really depends, is is going to depend on how, how that impacts you and affects you, right? Um, And all of it's valid. All of it's valid. Um, But the reality of it is, is, is it comes down to this is, if, if you have invested into invested time and energy into uh, a career or a space that, that, that you are, you feel called to do that, that you really are passionate about. Um, and, and you feel like you can really see taking off that you, and, the, and, and, and maybe there's some slight challenges in the company that you're working for that, you know, maybe the leadership is need is a little outdated, but the point being is this, is this, if that is what you're called to do, Stick with it. Get the learning experience that you need to gain. Because the reality of it is, is there's so many other opportunities out there. Doesn't mean you have to leave that one to go for another one right away. Because you keep doing that, you're not going to gain any of the experience really, right? You're just going to go in and do a job. And then it's a job and not really a career or something you can really sink your feet feet into uh, Mm -hmm. and, and have a bigger voice in. Because the reality mm-hmm. of it is, is and we talk, we t- we teach, we train this to, to companies we work for, is the generation today, the generation of people today um, mm-hmm. that are of, of today want, they want to see themselves in the vision of the company. They mm-hmm. want to feel that they have a voice. Yeah. So 
I'm not the, when it comes down to it, if you get into a company and no matter what you do or say, your voice isn't being heard after a period of time. Yeah. You know what? You should go. I, I mean, I think that you should go. You should find something that you have a voice in. Hmm. However, things do change quite frequently. And it's very easy for us to have the shiny object syndrome and to just to kind of go from here to there to here to there. And then when you put, but the reality of it is sit back and think about where you are, where do you want to be? And what is it that what you're doing right now, how does that fit into where it is that you want to be? Mm. If it doesn't fit in, then perhaps you're doing the wrong thing. Mm. So it comes right down to understanding and knowing what your goals are, what your vision is, what your purpose is, passion, and what your why your is. Why. Yeah, your passion, your purpose, mm-hmm. and your why. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, we uh, we have a free action guide, by the way, and we can send you a link to it. So that anyone can mm-hmm. sign up and get this PDF that helps kind of walk through to identify w- what your passion, purpose, and why is uh, ha- and how to work through that. Uh, because then once you identify that a little bit more, then then you've got a little bit better path. Then you kind of know, all right, yeah. well, I want to make sure it, stick- it fits in with my passion, purpose, and why. And if it doesn't, you just don't do it. So now you're not wasting time. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense? Yeah. And. I guess like I really do think like setting goals and and almost like habits as well does really help us a lot. And I guess like when when it comes to goals, I like to think of it like um into like almost like seven steps almost. Like I always think why do I want to achieve the goal and always set a smart target as well. Mm. And like always think of like how can we how can I succeed and how can I achieve the goal? any habits that can help me and, you know, who can help me as well. Right. And also, you know, also list down the top three reasons why I might fail in achieving this goal. And, you know, and also listing down all the actions that I do towards achieving that goal. And I think that's really important as well. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Ironing those things out make a big difference because you can see it, you can visualize it. Um, And then of course you have a plan, right? We, we, we go through something uh, with anyone that asks, uh, or that we offer uh, called the history of your future, where we mm-hmm. so we we have a it's like thirty minutes or whatever, and we we go through this process of identifying what where do you, where is it that you intend to be in the next ten years, like what, what does that look like, like what does that success look like to you, if it's owning your own business, okay, well what does that look like, like what does that business look like now that it's ten years later into the future, right, what does that look like, and then we work our way backwards, okay, well how did you get there, what resources did you have to do to get there. So then by the time it's done, you've got yourself that whole outline where you just mentioned. It's all listed. Well, I had to do this in order to get there. I had to do this. Well, I got to figure this out because I don't know that. And so now you've got yourself a nice plan to work on to get there. But you have to identify what that vision looks like first, right? It's like mm-hmm. a GPS. If you don't know what, an address of where you're yeah. going to go, then a GPS doesn't do you any good. Yeah, You've got to have the destination address first uh, because mm-hmm. in programming, that's in programming, the GPS technology actually starts from the end. When you put it, when you put your address in GPS, the programming technology starts at the end point and works backwards to tell you how to get there. That's how the programming mm. works in GPS technology. Well, it works the same way in our life GPS and how our life works. We've got to have mm. the vision and end result in mind for us to really build a solid plan to get there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I guess speaking about like habits and goals, what are your top six things that a leader should do every day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Ma- matter of yeah, fact, this, this is a cool <laughs> thing. Yeah. We teach, we actually teach something just like this um, called the six things a leader should do every day. And, uh, mm. uh, and these, these um, things that you should do every day, the first word and the first letter of each word, as we talk about this spells the word leader. Okay. Oh, okay. You want to take the first one? Mm-hmm. Sure. So the, so the number one thing that we, that the start off anyway, with the letter L is actually learn every day. So learn is actually mm. the key word here. So, cause as you go about your day, you know, every day is a learning experience, but you have to be open to that. You have to be aware of that. And that's all about intentionality. So look for ways to learn, you know, whether it's an observation, if it's reading or training, even just a conversation that you have, we can really stop and learn something, a little tidbit of knowledge 
wisdom, something from each and every interaction that we have mm-hmm. with that. So that is, mm-hmm. that is number one. So I'm more as learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing that leaders should do every day starts with an E that's experience, experience mm-hmm. every day. So as you've, as you learn, Sherry talked about learning. So as you're learning, put it into practice and experience the outcomes and influence that it has on other people. So experience, again, this takes intentionality as well. You've learned, now put it into practice and then experience the outcomes. See what those outcomes are so that you can learn from that and see the influence that it has on other people. So learn, Mm -hmm. experience, and the third one. And the third one is apply. So the apply every day. And this is what, you know, you take what you've learned, you take the experience, and then you apply what worked and made a difference in others. So we can, you know, perfect example is that we can read books all day. We can read things, talk to people. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. And then it's like it goes back on the shelf. I'm guilty of that. I'm like, wow, that's really fantastic. But then I don't share that with anyone. I don't even apply it to anything. You know what I mean? It just kind of goes out the window. It's like, well, what was the point of that? So applying that is really helps us stick. And it also creates, you know, some mental grooves in our mind literally of a new habits that are forming and those are the ones and those habits will apply will become more and more uh, in a positive direction than ever before. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they got learn experience, apply. And the fourth one is develop, develop mm-hmm. yourself and others every day as a leader. So through your application from what you have learned and experienced then you continually need to find ways to develop yourself and those that you lead. So learn, experience, apply, mm-hmm. develop. Mm-hmm. That's number four. Number mm-hmm. five. Number five is uh, evaluate every day. So that is E for mm-hmm. evaluate. Through So through your development, you must evaluate, you know, the real impact and the effectiveness, you know, that you really have that influence that you have on others and to make those adjustments where you're needed where it's needed, you know, and then, you know, here's a key thing that we talk about a lot too, is keeping your ego aside. And again, it Mm -hmm. comes with awareness and it comes with intentionality of, of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the six things leaders do every day, learn, experience, apply, develop, evaluate. And the last one is repeat, repeat Mm -hmm. the same each day, learn, experience, apply, develop, evaluate repeatedly every day. So those are the six things that we believe a leader should do every day. Yeah, that's really, that's actually really interesting. I really like that analogy as well. And I love how it also spelled the word leader as well. That's really mm-hmm. gnarly. <laughs> and I guess coming to um, almost towards the end, what three, what are the three books that, you know, you recommend to read on leadership and what did you learn from them? Yeah, I think, well, the first, first thing, and we, we refer a lot of these books out, but number one, um, the 21 laws of leadership, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by John Maxwell. Absolutely a gem, a gold mine, simple, simple to read, but very powerful, uh, especially for new leaders. Um, and, and mm-hmm. current leaders. So uh, I highly recommend that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Next one that we that we would definitely recommend would be to How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, that's actually Dale oh, Carnegie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I know it's a classic, uh, but especially if you're like if you're a historian, uh, that has a lot of a lot of good history uh, stories. Yeah, history stories, stories of, with yeah, it. Companies. So I thought that was that's always a, a good one. To, to get in. So that, that's the, the second one. And the last one uh, that I've recently began reading is Trusted Leadership from David Horsager. Uh, I definitely recommend that. Trusted Leader, not Trusted Leadership, Trusted Leader by David Horsager. Um, and uh, definitely recommend that one as well because it talks about mm-hmm. being a having trust in leadership, uh, which is an absolute must. So I uh, definitely, we enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. So those are the three there. Yeah. I was going to throw in a bonus one uh-huh. uh, because I think, you know, yes, we could talk about leaders and we talk about the nuts and bolts, but don't forget yet it is, it is mindset. a mindset. Mm-hmm. So uh, I highly recommend the infinite game by Simon, Simon Sinek. Sinek. Yeah. Uh, he also mm-hmm. has a great one out there, you know, find your why uh, that's always the, uh, the popular one. But after this one was the infinite game. And mm-hmm. I know that has impacted me personally and uh, really enjoyed it. 
really focused on the business side and mindset and, and factual, like current businesses, current you business, know, yeah. and, and how would they, what their falls, their faults were, their successes, uh, right, in really good comparisons, yeah, good really examples, good, good yeah. examples uh, with that. So that's another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Those are great books and I've heard of some of them, but yeah, I'll definitely get into reading the ones that I haven't. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess now to wrap this episode up, I would like to ask you one last question. Like I always do at the end of each episode, I relate a topic that we talked about today back to a favorite quote of mine. And I want to know your opinion on this quote, which links to the topic we talked about earlier, which is Mm -hmm. leadership and influence. And the quote says, leaders become great, not because of their power, but because of their ability to empower others. John Mm -hmm. Maxwell. Mm-hmm. So what is your opinion on this quote and how does it apply to your life and the work that you do? Yeah, great question. Uh, first of all, John Maxwell is a, is a mentor of ours um, and a friend of ours. Uh, we, I've been mentoring with him for years. Um, so great quote. Uh, for me, uh, that quote is all about what we had mentioned before, how it's about influence, nothing else. You know, that's, that's it. It's not about position. It's not about title. It's all about what it is that we can do to empower other people. You know, Sherry had mentioned uh, Mother Teresa earlier. The reason that people follow her is because of the impact that she had on empowering other people, those that were less fortunate. Um, Anyone that we look at, if we look at the history of of powerful, positive, influential leaders, they were influential and powerful, successful leaders because of their how they empowered other people by giving them and realizing that they need those people to do what they do in order to accomplish what they need to accomplish. Realizing that, uh, you know, and, and, and in business, how do you empower your team? Very simply, very, very simply. You hired them. They're in that position for a reason. Allow mm-hmm. them to do their skill, right? Mm-hmm. Allow them to do their skill. Micromanagement comes in occasionally if necessary, but that should never be your go-to style of management. Is, 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 is micro micromanaging can certainly take away that, that empowerment from other people. If you're not, if you don't use it in a, in a way that actually is going to benefit the, the team. So um, that's how I see that quote. How about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I emulate that uh, wholeheartedly and especially the ability to empower others. And that's a hard thing. You know, again, it's not born. Mm-hmm. It has to be learned. So I can't stress enough as a, maybe as a, as a, new leader, new role, or even aspiring to do something of whatever that you're doing, either your side hustle or your business someday. Um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, that personal development is so key and, you know, empowering yourself, you know what I mean? It's just mm, like that development yeah. of yourself. Um, you're the limit of your own self. You really are. And we don't see that until you actually put the right people in place and around you like mentors and coaches that we're all talking throughout today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, it's going to stretch you. Yep. So it's that stretching piece. And, you know, if you're in a work environment, again, if you're influencing others, doesn't matter what the role is, you're have, you know, really just that influence. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. It's just the influence yep. and empowering others to actually come to their conclusion and through listening instead of dictating and say, no, this is what you need to do. And, and, you know, that comes in, it's necessary to a point, not saying we can't use that style, but like Lou was saying, it's not the go-to every single time Mm -hmm. Um, to have that give and take and that flow. That's where people can Mm -hmm. learn and grow. And it's, it's a learning journey. Mm -hmm. It's such a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. A, a perfect example of that, real quick, is uh, and this is mm-hmm. a true story. Uh, I was sure. uh, one of my uh, I was an executive director um, of a company, and a member of my team had he was a very strong-minded, strong-willed, very outspoken personality, and at times his words got the best of him. But he was very passionate about about what he felt, um, and um, and he had said some things and it kind of stirred up the leadership a little bit about some of the things that he may have said. Um, and, uh, they approached me. I was approached by my manager says, you've got to do something about this. And, uh, you know, I've got to do it soon because he seems very negative, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll take care of it. 
So I, I, I called them up and I said, let's, let's go out for lunch. I'd like to kind of find out a little bit more about what your concerns are. Right. Mm. So we went out to lunch and I mind you, he had, uh, he had some, he had experiences and some things more than I even did. And I had to recognize that. Um, and so we, we went out to lunch and I'd listened to him and he, he had some very valid points, very valid points that really need to address. And I says, well, and of course at that point, I said, well, I really appreciate you giving us all, giving me all this really good information. Cause I think it's very, very important. Um, and then, and then I says, you know, they, I said, I, I don't mind you if you want to come and talk to me and, and be yourself and just, you know, uh, use, use the verbiage that you feel comfortable with, with me. That's fine. You can do that with me. I'm never going to judge you, but I gave myself, but what I, I would like for you to I'd like to recommend that you do is keep that between you and me. And we have those conversations. So then that way it doesn't make mm. you look bad because what you're saying here and your knowledge and experience really is important. And you make valid points that I want to take in consideration. Yeah. Um, but some people don't necessarily see it that way when you approach it the way you do. And we had that mm. conversation. He says, you know what? I know you're right. I've been told that before. Uh, and so we had a really good camaraderie, built a good relationship. Um, and it was shortly after that, probably about a year after that, that, that we were able to promote him to a new role. So because of, because of him growing. So again, it comes down to empowering them. I could have gone in mm. there and just said, listen, you know what? The way you're approaching this, no one's going to hear it. And you've got to change how you behave. And I'm going to write you up for it. That's not mm. how, that's not what the approach was. I want to approach it no matter what the situation is. How can I empower the person in front of me? How can I empower them mm. in some way? Even if they were wrong, that is what that quote means to me. Yeah. And I think, I think leadership in general, like, like all of the points that we have talked about so far really doesn't really just not just help us in leadership, but also in life in general. I think they both of them really connect. Yes. And I guess, you know, again, um, sure, uh, Lou and Sherry, thanks like so much for coming on to the show. Like, I, I hope you guys yeah. had a great time. You guys are smart and knowledgeable coaches. And I think the listeners, you know, should highly check you guys out. And we'll definitely put the website below in the description if you guys want, if the listeners want to check it out. So again, thanks for coming. You're welcome. Well, thanks for having us. And uh, just for your listeners, feel free to reach out to us. Yeah, We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us out uh, on our website. We're on LinkedIn as well as Facebook. And just look us up, LouEverettGroup.com. Everett Group.com.